The Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you for that. Friends, today we proclaim this good news. We no longer have to wage war against those who we perceive to be enemies. In the kingdom of God, there is no us and them. All are invited to receive and to share in the gift of God's indiscriminate, overflowing mercy. That's the good news. Last November, I went to fulfill my uh, patriotic duty by voting uh, so I could put the right people um, on the school board of my kids' school. That was, that was my main motivation. I, I, went to, I went to the voting location, and I, and I followed this long and winding uh, line that seemed to have no beginning or end, and I finally found the end. I got in line and uh, spent a couple minutes uh, waiting, and then I struck up a conversation with a, with a woman next to me. And as we were talking, <clears throat> I looked... I was looking uh, forward over the people in front of me, and I noticed about 15 or 20 people ahead of me what looked like an old friend of mine in line. And so as soon as I, as soon as I noticed them, uh, this person turned around, and they looked at me, and immediately did a 180, stepped out of line, and got out of that building like it was on fire. They could not get out of there quick enough. And I was like, what's up with that? So the story of this friend is that um, we have daughters who are in the same grade. Uh, they've, been in the, they've been at the same school since they were both in kindergarten, and they've run the same circle of friends. They've been in drama club together and honors choir together. And this young lady's family, we became really good friends with, with, with this family. We would have dinner at each other's houses. We would go to the movies and the children's museum together. We would, there, was, there was another family that we were mutual friends with who had a lake house in Michigan, and we'd spend a weekend together there. Uh, this is the kind of friendship we had. If, if one family had something come up uh, all of a sudden and needed somebody to watch their kids uh, at, at the drop of a hat, we would watch their kids, or they would watch our kids. <clears throat> no questions asked. This was the friendship that we had. And over the course of our friendship, our daughter Olivia and and our friend's daughter uh, seemed to suffer a little bit of conflict and a little bit of drama in, in, in their relationship. And our daughter Olivia started bringing this to our attention. And we would, you know, start to grow concerned about maybe some of the behavior going on. And, um, but, you know, we'd talk about it amongst ourselves. My wife, Miranda, and I would talk about it amongst ourselves, but we'd never go as far as actually bringing it up with our friend to discuss the issues, um, because mostly because I, we don't enjoy conflict with other people. So, yeah, we'll just let it pass until it builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up until... Uh, something happens that causes us to go, okay, we got to talk about this, which is what happened. And it got to the point uh, where we realized that our friend was really, really serious about wanting to send her daughter away to five weeks of camp with our daughter and myself and my wife. And we started to grow a little anxious about the potential drama uh, and conflict that might ensue uh, during the course of those five days. And so 
So Miranda and I thought, all right, we need to, we need to just say, hey, we've got some concerns about some of the things that our daughter's been saying about your daughter. So we did that, and of course we framed it in that way. You know, we've got some, we've got some concerns about your daughter's behavior. And so you can imagine our friend who, who, is, who has, is a, has told us that she's an Enneagram 8, and any of you who know what that means, it means that she, she, she was like, bring it, bring the conflict. And so as soon as we brought that up, she felt attacked, and she reciprocated in a way that um, we felt unheard, and we felt attacked. And then so, in like, like overnight, this friendship that we'd had for, you know, about four years or so ended overnight. And so now, we both still have uh, daughters that are in class together, they're in drama together. They're in uh, honors choir together. They still have the same group of friends at school. They're still friendly. But, but the parents, we avoid one another. And so if we're at school events or birthday parties or standing in two-hour-long lines to vote, we, we avoid each other at all costs. This, this is what we do this is what I do, I think this is what, what we do when we, when we get hurt by other people. If you hurt me, I'll hurt you. Uh, if you avoid me like the plague, I'll stay out of your way, pretend like you don't exist, and talk about you behind your back. If you unfriend me on Facebook, well, tough luck, you don't get to enjoy my hilarious Kermit the Frog memes anymore, so that's on you. You made this decision. You made this bed, you lie in it. <clears throat> our love and our kindness and our mercy is reserved for those who we expect are going to return that same love, that same mercy, that same kindness. But friends, we uh, no longer have to wage war against those who we perceive to be our enemies. The kingdom of God there's no us in them. We're all invited to receive and to share the gift of God's indiscriminate, overflowing mercy. That's the good news today. In our gospel reading, uh, we're in the gospel of Luke, and last week we heard about Jesus uh, coming down from the mountain with his disciples, his apostles, and he's among a huge group of people. There are Jews and Gentiles alike, and he's Ben shared with us, he's, he's proclaiming this overturning of the order of things. The kingdom of God is about God's blessings, not just for those who are smart enough, those who are strong enough, those who are privileged, but for everyone. Everyone is invited to partake in the blessings of God's kingdom, which is incredibly good news for the poor and for the weak and for the marginalized. This was the good news that Ben shared with us last week. And this week in the text, Jesus is continuing this sermon. He is starting to give anyone who will listen a vision for what this overturned kingdom of God looks like. And he starts with this. We all have enemies. We've all got them. 
And the world that we live in has a way of dealing with enemies. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You do to me, I'll do to you. We'll build a bigger wall to keep them out. You cross us, we'll attack you back. But Jesus is declaring that this is not the only option of how to live in the world. The kingdom of God is here and all are invited. And it looks a whole lot different than the world. Kindness, mercy toward all. This is the, uh, this is the oxygen, the air that, cons- that, that, this, that this kingdom consists of. And it's not because anyone deserves it. and not, It's not because we've earned it. It's because this is who God is. This is the declaration that Jesus is making. This is who God is. God is kind to the grateful and to the ungrateful. God is kind to the good and the wicked. Jesus asks, if you love those who love you, if you do good to those who do good to you, if you, uh, if you lend to those who you know are going to return to you, uh, what credit is that to you? I mean, everybody does this. This is how the world operates. I, I don't know if this is what Jesus is saying, but I started thinking about the way that the world operates on credit. Uh, at an early age, if you're a young college student, I don't know, I was, it was a long time ago that I was in college, but when I started uh, at college years and years and years ago, it seemed like every street corner, there were people trying to, uh, trying to push uh, credit cards on you. Here, take this credit card. And the sales pitch is, you... Uh, First, you get a T-shirt and a bottle of Mountain Dew, too. And then you take this, you take this piece of plastic, and you buy stuff with it, right? Uh, and then you make the payments, and then you'll prove that you can repay these small loans that, that, that you're getting. And it'll build up this thing called a credit score. So then one day, when you need to go make a huge purchase, like a house or a car, you know, things you can't afford, that, that yacht you've had your eye on, um, or the llama that you really, really wanted to, to purchase. You can then, you have shown us that we can trust that you're going to pay back the money that we've lent you, and so we'll make it possible for you to get more money to buy bigger and better things. And I wondered, I was thinking about that, I was wondering, I wonder if, this is, if Jesus isn't saying the kingdom of God does not work like that. This is not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God is not built upon building up enough credit with one another so that we'll get a return on our investment. Because, friends, that's not what God is like. This is not what God is like. The temptation, I think, when I read like a passage like today's gospel reading, the temptation is uh, to look at Jesus' sermon as a list of things. Uh, lo- okay, like, like a checklist. Okay, love my enemies, check. Bless those who curse me. Pray for my, those who abuse me. Check, check, check. Like, you know, these are easy things to do, right? No, these are like impossible things to do for, for most of us. Uh, but we look at them like this checklist and, and we go, okay, okay, but if I follow this, this, this list of things, this will be the key to grant me access to this kingdom life. Do this and you'll have a great reward. But friends, I don't think that that's what Jesus is talking about. I don't think that Jesus is giving us a checklist 
or a prescription for how to bring about the kingdom of God. Because what Jesus is doing, he's declaring this is the new reality. It's already here. It's happening, and it's happening in me. And this blessing of God's love and God's mercy is for all of you. (laughs) It's for all of you. Come, receive it. Jesus is reminding us who we are in this reality. We are the children of God. We are children of the Most High. And God is kind and merciful. Be like God's children because that's who you are. Every day... Every single cotton-picking day, my kids will do something that makes uh, Miranda and I both go, where did you learn to behave like that? (laughs) Screaming tirades that end with children stomping up the stairs and slamming doors. And uh, sometimes, uh, if our our hand's in the wrong place, it'll get a fist slammed down on it by, by some tiny knuckles. And... Uh, sometimes legs come swinging at us, like violently being attacked by our children. And we don't do this to each other in front of them. We don't do this to them. <laughs> they didn't learn this behavior from their parents, but they're our kids. As their dad, regardless of whether or not they apologize for their behavior, which usually doesn't happen unsolicited. (laughs) Whether or not their behavior changes, uh, they will always have access to our love. They will always have access to my love. There's no cap to how much love they have access to with me or their mother. And it's just a glimmer of what God is like. We are God's children. And so we no longer have to wage war against those who we perceive as enemies. Because in the kingdom of God, there is no us and them. All of us are invited to receive and to share in the gift of God's indiscriminate, overflowing mercy. This is good news, right? So participating in this good news is not about uh, doing this list of things that are really, really difficult. (laughs) And if we can't do these things, then maybe this good news isn't true. Because it's true. That's the good news. This is who we are. This is our identity. This is the invitation to participate in this divine orientation toward the world, a different way of living in the world, trusting that God's kindness, God's mercy are for all. Even for the friend who hurt me and I would prefer to ignore and pretend like they don't exist anymore. Even for the incompetent coworker that can't get their act together and just do their job. <laughs> Even for the neighbor who is constantly letting their dog 
drop a steaming load in my front yard. Mercy for them. Mercy for them. God, guys, even for us, even for us, it's important to remember, I think, that Jesus doesn't come down from this mountain to give us a Holy Ghost pep talk, like tell us to rub dirt in our wounds, right, while we're lying on the ground bleeding. Get up, do these things, and you'll be fine. Like, this stuff isn't easy. And the reality of this world is that people hurt. We hurt one another. I hurt you. You hurt me. And that pain that comes with that is real pain. And the temptation in this is to think Jesus is saying, just power through that pain, power through that, put your blinders on, and just love people even though they don't deserve it. But it's important, I think, that we don't ignore the pain that we experience and that other people experience. We have a God who knows that pain. We have a God who has suffered pain and said and cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Jesus on the cross. I don't think that's what Jesus is doing. He's telling us to look past that pain, but he's painting a picture of a different way of being in the world, a different reality. And it's the reality where God is king. This is what we do every week when we come to worship together and we come to this table together. We celebrate that mercy, right? We, we come to this table and we say thank you, right? With our hands open, we say thank you. Sometimes we come to the table and we don't feel like saying thank you, but we come anyways. We come to the table with our hands open and we receive and we are fed. And as we continually do that with one another, we are formed into the kind of people whose lives announce this inbreaking kingdom of God that is characterized by love and mercy, not for some, not those who, who deserve it, not those who earn it, but for all. We no longer have to wage war against those who we perceive to be enemies. In God's kingdom, there is no us. There's no them. All are invited to receive and share in the gift of God's indiscriminate, overflowing mercy. How do we respond to this good news, friends? This is where the rubber meets the road, right? How do we respond to this? This is good news. How do we live into this good news? For me, um, I feel like i got to stop playing hide-and-seek with people that I would rather just not deal with. <laughs> um, our kids have a drama production on Friday evening. Our friend is probably going to be there. Am I going to just continue to live my life with my head down because I know that that's what this person is going to do to me? Or is there a way that I can move toward that broken friendship, that broken relationship in grace and truth? I think there is, but I lack an imagination for how to do that. <laughs> or just the courage. Um, it seems really scary. 
So who is it for you this morning? Like, who is that person or those people who you are envisioning in your mind that this is a person that is an adversary or a rival or opposition? It could be, uh, it could have been on the way over here this morning. You're, you're on the interstate and there's a guy riding on your tail and it was driving you nuts. So you just thought it'd be a good idea to just kind of like pump on the brakes every once in a while just to piss him off a little bit more. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a neighbor Maybe it's a family member who's got really loud and colorful like political opinions that just over Thanksgiving dinner gets you really fired up. And uh, maybe it's an old friend who has cut you out of their life uh, at, uh, because, you know, somebody more cool, more exciting came along. Maybe it's a coworker driving you crazy. But friends, as we as we prepare to come to this table and respond together this morning, we're going to pray this prayer with that person or those people in mind. Kind and merciful Father, thank you for the overflowing abundance of your indiscriminating love. Help me to trust and to live into my identity as a beloved child of the Most High by extending your kindness and mercy to whoever that is. Lord, in your mercy, and then we will agree with you in prayer. I'll start, and as you feel led, if you feel so inclined, uh, feel free to pray, and we will agree with you in prayer. Kind and merciful God, thank you for the overflowing abundance of your indiscriminating love. Help me to trust and live into my identity as a beloved child of the Most High, by extending your kindness and mercy to my friend, Marcy, whom I don't know how to move towards. Help me to seek reparation in that broken relationship. Lord, in your mercy, 